Welcome to the Glory Bell Podcast. We invite you to join us at Glory Bell Church on Sundays at 10 a.m. in downtown Waco. For more information about our church, you can visit us online at glorybell.com or on Instagram and Facebook at Glory Bell Church. Thanks again for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy the message. Come on, come on, come on. How many of you feel like that? Huh? Sometimes it seems like life just gets you. I don't know. I, was, I saw that, and I'm going to tell you what I thought about. There's actually a video of people on a, a, slide, a ride called the Slingshot, and it just basically pulls you back, and it just launches you off free space, and a lot of people pass out. And I saw that, and I was like, I would probably be the sling, Slingshot. That's sometimes how I feel like life is. Hey, my name is Trey Brown. I'm not the handsome guy that you saw on the screen, nor am I his pretty wife. <laughs> um, but I am uh, filling in for him while they are out enjoying their baby. How, how many of you know that's such an awesome thing? And even if, if you haven't been here before and you don't know their testimony, um, man, you got to hear it. You got to hear it. So if you, next time they, when they're here, get with them. Ask them to take you out for coffee because they will. And ask them to tell you their testimony because it's a blessing and then you'll see something in this. Even more than what the, the fact of just having a baby. There's so much more in it. Part of it is, like he said, God told them that they're going to birth, birth some twins. We're sitting in one of those twins right now, and they just had the other one. And guess what? The crazy thing about it is that was spoken to them during the 21 days of fasting and prayer. Such an awesome thing. That's why we believe in it here at Glory Bell. All right? So before we start, if I can, I just want to lift up our pastors, okay? Let's pray right quick. Father, we thank you this morning for our pastors, Pastor Chuck and Pastor Ashley. Father, we thank you, Lord, that the thing that you birthed in them, oh God, that you uh, uh, gave them, oh God, is now being birthed, oh God. We see it come to fruition, oh God. We thank you. And Father, we lift them up, oh God. We lift up Riley, I mean, uh, we lift up Ryder as well as Renly, oh God. Both of them, their two sons, oh God. We lift them up right now. And for Ryder specifically, Father, we speak uh, speedy recovery, oh God. We speak health and healing into his body. And we speak also speedy recovery over Ashley. Father, thanking you, oh God, for the step that they've taken, oh God, in obedience for us to be here in this place we call home. So, Father, we thank you. Be with them and continue to cover them in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So, welcome. Uh, I am here to bring the word, all right? All right. So, in case some of you all don't know if this is your first time, welcome. Uh, but for those that, that uh, have been here, you've seen me sometimes on the front doing the prayer time, or you've seen me up here singing, uh, dancing, and then sometimes you see me on the bass wanting to dance, uh, but the bass is in the way. Um, but I'm so excited, I'm so honored to be here, and I just really do appreciate you guys uh, for your attendance. So what we're going to do is jump into the Word, all right? What I have this morning, what, what God has placed on my heart is very simple, Okay. It's very simple, um, but I think it's something that, that is much needed in this time. Uh, we just uh, concluded our 21 days of fasting and prayer, and to me, it's probably needed even more. Um, <clears throat> so I'm going to kind of go ahead and say this. We've been in a series, I Declare War, based on a book by uh, Levi Lutzko, um, and we're basically going to take a pause on that, all right, because I personally prefer for pastor to come through and continue with that series, but... <clears throat> Uh, we still have a version of uh, I Declare War, just from a different standpoint. 
Um, but I will tell you kind of what happened. Let, let's, let's jump into it. So the first scripture we're going to look at is Luke chapter 11, verse 1 in the New International Version. One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of the disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. All right, so I'm just going to be 100% honest. There's a lot of questions that I had based on this one passage of Scripture, okay? I may be uh, completely wrong, but if I am correct based on what I read, by this time the disciples have been with Jesus for somewhere close to about a year, if not more. And it shocked me that out of all the things that they had seen Jesus do by this time, the one thing they asked him was, teach us how to pray. Now, they didn't seen Jesus do a lot of stuff. They seen him heal folks. And I mean, I'm sure that word got around town that he turned water into wine. Um, but out of everything, the one thing that they said was, hey, teach us how to pray. And even more than that, it was while he was praying, when he took a break from praying, what stunned me was the fact that they saw something when he was praying. Now, I was raised in church, and I'm thankful for that. But I never saw anybody pray to a point where it made me just be astonished and say, what in the world? How do they pray like that? Well, years later, after me and my wife got married and started going to, a, uh, going to this church in Mississippi, that's where we're from, um, this young cat was praying at church. And I'm just going to be real. I say cat and all that kind of stuff. So y'all just got to roll with me, all right? Um, <clears throat> but I saw this dude praying. And I'd never seen anybody pray like that. And what was so phenomenal was the fact that I looked and I said, oh, my goodness, there's so much power in his prayer. And at that moment, I felt like the disciples. Yo, bro, hey, teach me how to pray like that, man. I didn't actually do it because I was older than him and I was supposed to be real spiritual. So I just kind of watched from the But the fact is, I wanted to know what it was that he was doing. What, how did you learn to pray like that? Because there was so much in it. So much in it, so much power, so much to the point where it was like, you know what, I know I can pray, but anytime I need something, I'm going to him to pray for me. But here's one of the big things, the way that God has, has done things, the way when he sent Jesus, the Bible says that the veil was torn in two. Part of that, for the reason of that, is because we have, we have access to him. So I don't have to go to somebody and ask them to pray for me, but I do need to know how to pray. The other thing about this is when I first gave my life to Christ, i never forget, I went to, to one of the uh, older ladies at the church and said, hey, I just gave my life to Christ. I'm all excited. What do I do now? And her response is one that I will never forget. Oh, baby, just read your Bible and pray. And I'm thinking to myself, great. Nobody ever told me what to do with that. Nobody's teaching me. But the disciples themselves said, Jesus, teach us how to pray. But nobody taught me how to pray. So for years I felt like, and I'm, I told my wife I'm just going to be transparent, okay, for years, I felt like my prayers were basically like me getting a bucket and throwing them in this bucket. All my prayers, throwing them in a bucket and then just taking them, throwing them on the wall. And if any of them stuck, I got one win. Never felt like there was any truth, any, any, any true power in my prayer. And one of the things that I, I kind of noticed, too, I decided to just do a real quick search just to see, all right, am I the only one that, maybe feels like this. So I just decided to see what the statistics, statistics say on prayer, okay? One of the things that I found is that there has been a decrease in the people, the number of people that pray. From 2007, I'm not going to try to give the actual numbers because it, it's going to be wrong, but from 2007 to 2014, if we were literally 
based on a percentage. If we were looking at it in 2007, this group didn't pray. By 2014, this group didn't pray. You notice that? See that? that? And I could tell you percentages, but unless I show you, you won't actually see it. So one thing stuck in my mind is either we don't know how or we just don't know the power that we have in our prayer. Okay? So that's what we're going to dive into. So with that said, let's jump in. I'm going to give you three different points. Uh, and again, we're going to try to we're going to try to make this quick, uh, but at the same time, make sure we get it, okay? The very first thing, easy as it is, invite God into your situation. That's the very first thing. You have to invite God into your situation. Um, he cannot intervene until you invite him into your situation. One of the things that I, I was always taught is that God is a gentleman. He's not going to force his way in. So if you don't invite him in, he won't come in, all right? Um, there's a story in the Bible, and I, I won't read this whole thing, but Mark chapter 4, verse 35 through 41 in the New Living Translation. Um, it talks about basically after Jesus got done uh, teaching, he looked at the disciples, hey, let's go across the lake. So they hop in the boat, go across the lake. Well, as they're going, the storms start to rise. Well, Jesus is in the boat, sleep, okay? He's sleeping in the boat. The storms are going crazy. The boat is actually being tossed back and forth. And even the Bible says that it actually starts taking on water. In a nutshell, they're about to sink. Jesus is in the boat, sleep. So, of course, what the disciples do is, oh, my God, oh, my God, Jesus. Well, how are you going to sleep like this? We're about to, about to drown. Jesus wakes up, and based on what I'm reading, it looked like he was almost in stage three sleep or something. Uh, he was pretty tired. Didn't even realize the boat was being tossed. He gets up. Looks around, speaks to the storm, says, come, be still. Storm cease, cease. Then he looks at the disciples and says, uh, let's see, where is it? Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? Now, this is huge. Two things came out from me just reading this, and there's more you could probably dissect from it. But one thing is, he asked the question, do you still have no faith? Now, again... By this time, if I'm correct, he had been with them for, for some time. And that question, do you still have no faith, actually led me to think or, or kind of look at it as in, do you still not know the power that you have? Clearly, do you still not know the power that you have? Now, we're not going to jump into that. The second one, though, uh, is the one that I really want to kind of camp on. It wasn't until they invited him into the situation that the storms were calmed. In other words, he won't do it if you keep trying. As long as you keep trying to handle your situation in your own power, he will stay on the outside. He will stay in the, in the, the stern of the boat sleep the entire time. I like to tell a story, and my wife was like, I don't know if you ought to say this, but uh, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a different dude when I'm at work, okay? Uh, I'm real nice still, but I handle business. And uh, I have a lot on my plate at times. But I'm one of those, I, I can't do double work, okay? So I was given this project, and one of my coworkers, before I could even get on the project, had already started sending out emails. And I'm like, uh, all right. So a few days later, I get a call. Hey, Trey, are you going to, uh, I didn't see you, re you respond to it. And I said, I'm not. And she said, why not? I said, you working on it. 
And she looked at me, I mean, she was like, well, what do you mean? I said, the minute you start typing that email, I took my hands off of it. It's the same way with Jesus. The minute we jump into it and try to handle it out of our own power, he says, let me know when you're ready for me. Let me know when you're ready. Then I'll jump in and handle the situation. All right? Number two. Point number two. And this is honestly probably one of the biggest in my opinion. This is what changed my prayer life, this part right here. Pray God's will. And when I say his will, that means his desire or his promises. You have to pray his will, his promises, his desires. A lot of times, and this is one of the things I've learned, when situations arise in my life, I have learned not to just go straight to prayer. That may sound like, oh, my God, what did he say? No, listen to what I'm saying. A lot of times, if we're not careful, we start to pray out of our own emotions. Completely contrary to what God is trying to tell you to pray. So you have to be careful because your emotions can sometimes get in the way of the promises of God. Okay? Pray his will. 1 John chapter 5, verse 14 through 15 in the New International Version says, This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, anything according to his desire promise, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. The key word is confidence. This is the confidence that we have, okay? I also like to look at it in the amplified version. It's a little wordy, so just follow me. This is the remarkable degree of confidence which we as believers are entitled to have before him. That if we ask anything according to his will that is consistent with his plan and purpose, did you get that? Consistent with his plan and purpose, he hears us. And if we know for a fact, as indeed we do, that he hears and listens to us in whatever we ask, we also know with settled and absolute knowledge that we have granted to us the request which we have asked from him. There's a confidence that happens when you pray according to his will. I'm going to be, like, real honest with you. My wife thinks that I joke sometimes, but since I started praying this way, I kind of, when I walk into a room, I have theme music playing in my head sometimes. Y'all think that's crazy. Yeah. Some people stand Superman pose. Some people stand with their arms crossed. I walk in and I got theme music playing. (laughs) Yeah. There's a confidence that I have. Because the way that I feel based on praying the word of God is that when I walk in a room, the environment got to change. When I walk into a room, the situation has to change because I've already spoken that word in my prayer. And because I know I'm speaking his word, I know he's backing that prayer 100%. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20, the first part of it in the New International, it says, for no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. That means I don't have to come to him and say, hey, God, I'm not feeling well. Do you think you can possibly heal me? No, the way I approach God with confidence is this. God, you said in your word that by your stripes I'm healed. That's how I come to him when I pray. So that way when I hear the bad report, I say, nope. The report that I have, according to this, says that by his stripes I'm healed. When I start hearing and looking at the bills and say, I don't think I have enough money, uh, no, he said he would supply all my needs. So I don't have to necessarily be concerned with the question of will he because I already know that his promises are yes every time. Now here's a key. 
There's a, there's a little a little thing that I like that I like to put in here. If it don't line up, he can't follow up. He can't do it. To ask him to go contrary to his word is to ask him to completely go against who he is as God. I was once told that he honors his word more than he honors his name. That's big. There's no other name higher than the name of Jesus, but he said, my word, my word will never come back to me and not accomplish what it was sent to do. Oh, that's big. Come on. That's big. So, again, when I hit my knees and I pray according to his word, when I get up, the situation is handled. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It got to a point for me. I'm just going to be 100%. It got to a point for me when I was at work. If things were going on, I would walk away. Man, they better not make me pray. (laughs) They better not make me pray. One of them made me pray. Made me pray. A few months later, he was not in that position anymore. And I'm not saying anything ill against him. I'm just saying he was moved over to make way for me. Oh, Jesus. Mm. Yeah. There's so much power in your prayer as long as you do it according to his word, according to his will, according to his desires for you. All right? All right. The other piece about that is that knowing that God has backed you gives you that confidence. I was raised in a way that uh, in church, it was like taught to say, if it be your will, God. If it's okay with you, God. And I never understood that because I'm like, well, well how am I ever going to know what, he, what his desire is for me? How am I going to ever know his will if seasoned people are praying if it be a will. Once I got into this, his will is clear. It tells me everything I need to know. I just got to spend time in it. We have a little, <laughs> we have uh, two dogs at the house, okay? <laughs> One is a little small. My wife's looking at me. She's a vet. She's looking like, oh, goodness. He's going to mess up business. Uh, <laughs> I promise I'm not. Um, but we've got a little small dog, uh, Nola. She's a long-haired Dotson, little wiener dog, long-haired wiener dog, uh, and she's old. She blind, she can't hear. Am I right? Yeah. That's why you have a good vet in the house. She'll live all her years. May not be able to see, may not be able to hear, but she can still, she's still living. <laughs> um, at the same time, we have this other dog, which was, it's a, uh, it's a, it's a big dog. He's a Rottweiler mix, Okay. So he's pretty big, and he's a puppy, so he doesn't know when it's time to stop playing. Well, the crazy thing that happens at the house is Nola can't see, can't hear, so he creeps up on a nip setter when he wants to play. And, of course, she goes to barking. She can't see nothing. She starts barking, looking around, and then he just kind of jumps back, jumps back in, and he's just, you know, play with me, play with me. And she's like, I don't want to. And she'll keep on nipping at him, you know, you know barking back at him. And what I like to do is every so often he'll do it and she'll bark and I'll step out. And he runs. Crazy thing is she thinks, I did that. (laughs) And I'm like, keep thinking that. That's a lot of times how God does it. He's always right there backing us. When you speak his word, he's right there with you. 
every time. I told the storms to cease, and he's like, yep, cease. Your situation, I told it to get better. Get better. All right? Last point, and this really ties into uh, what Pastor ministered on last week. Watch your mouth. Yeah, watch your mouth. All right, James chapter 3, verses 3 through 6, New International Version. When we put bits in the mouths mouths of, of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boast. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue is also a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole, the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. There's another uh, a saying out of the book, I Declare War, that we're actually doing. And it, it kind of stuck out, and even uh, we have our leadership community group that's meeting this month uh, before our actual community groups start. Uh, and get lunch next week. Come on, somebody, make sure you sign up. Um, but I, I, it, was really, it was really impactful. He said, bricks can be used to build hospitals or be thrown through windows. Water can quench a thirst or flood a city. Likewise, words are neutral in and of themselves. It's how you use them that determines whether they are good or bad. Here's a fact. I don't care how strong of a prayer you pray. Your words can nullify everything that God is trying to do. You can literally stamp out the fire of what God is trying to do. Everything that he's trying to do, the purpose of what he's trying to do, you can, you can just snuff it out with your words. Watch your mouth. There's so many times where we can pray, God, I thank you for my healing. God, I thank you that you're doing it. And then we turn right back around and we say, my disease. It ain't yours. Stop claiming it. It's not yours. God didn't give that to you. Don't take it as yours. Oh, come on. We sometimes crack jokes. Man, this thing going to be the death of me. This going to kill me. Nope. Mm -mm. Don't say that. Nope. Your words. Me and my wife, we believe in our house that God will give us long life. Long life. So we be careful with what we say. We don't say stuff like, oh, man, this is going to kill me. We learned. You don't, you don't do that because we're praying something to God. We're believing his word. And if he said he'll give us long life, then why am I saying something else is going to kill me? That's big, but it's the truth. We walk around and say, man, I'm going to have this debt for the rest of my life. That's a lie for us. We, ain't, we are not going to be in debt for the rest of our lives. I'm sorry. Not happening. Not happening. So we have to be careful with what we say. Our words are so big. I think about the fact that the Bible says that, that, that we were created in God's image. If you think about that, that means we were literally created just like him. He spoke the world into existence. Your tongue is just as powerful. You have the power to speak things. You have the power to stop things. You can literally set the world on fire for the goodness of God, or you can set it on fire for hell. Your words in your prayer can change things. Last point. All of this is really good. And I hope everybody got something. 
But the fact of the matter is, it don't even apply if you don't know him. If you don't know him, this whole, the previous three points don't even matter. If you think about it, the very first thing I talked about, it was Jesus who showed his disciples how to pray. The second thing I talked about, it was Jesus who told the storm to cease. But then the number three thing, if you listen to it, 2 Corinthians 1 and 20, the first part, for no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. That word in actually is like through Christ, meaning in or through or him being in me and me being in him. Those promises are only valid for those who are in him. There's so many times we run into situations and, yeah, life sometimes feels like that roller coaster where it feels like the slingshot. Halfway up in the air, you pass out, you wake up, and it's still there. Oh, God. And God is saying, you don't have to continue to live like that. There's something that I have for you that's greater. We have something here that we call a fresh start. And for those who don't know him, but you're saying, man, that was really good. I want that, those promises. I want those promises that's in that Bible. I want it to apply to me. We have what we call a fresh start prayer. I'm asking everybody to stand. I'm asking the prayer team to come forward as well. The fresh start prayer is just simply a matter of saying, hey, I want to start today living for God. I want to start today as him being my savior, my Lord. I want to invite him in, not only into my situations, but also into my life. So what we're going to do, if that's you, if you want to make a fresh start today, then we're going to pray a prayer together. I'm going to ask everybody to repeat after me. After that, the worship team, they're going to, continue, they're going to go into a song uh, again. We have our prayer partners up here at the front. If you have anything going on in your life, anything, it doesn't matter what it is, they can help pray you through. Again, we believe in prayer. We've been fasting for the last 21 days. Testimonies have been tremendous. You can ask some folks. We got so many testimonies coming in. Not only us, but we got testimonies coming even from other cities and other states of people who were doing the same thing. God is doing something. He's moving. I don't know about you, but I want to be in that. I want to be a part of it. Yes. So if you have any needs or anything, when we get done with the Fresh Start prayer, I'm going to ask that you all come up and one of these prayer partners will pray for you. All right? All right, so bow your heads and repeat after me. Father God, I thank you for your son, Jesus. I thank you for the opportunity to live a life with power and with purpose. I thank you, Father, that you have given me the keys to live a life in victory I ask that you forgive me for any of my wrongs and I ask that today God 
that you come into my life. Today, I live for you. Today, old things are behind me. Today, I start new with you. Come into my heart. In Jesus' name, amen. If you have needs, come and pray. Thanks for joining us today. For more messages like this, visit glorybell.com. 